Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new signature wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spell. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. It's time now for the conservative curmudgeon radio show. Now, here's Grouchy. Welcome in. It's great to be back with you. I love that song. I was sitting here in the chair listening to it, and uh, 
you know, don't, uh, don't tell, uh, don't tell Twitter, but I was air guitar and air drumming. But, uh, Hey, question from the chat room already. Who does that song? That is disturbed. And it is called, are you ready? And are you ready? Because that's the big question. That's the big question every week. Are you ready? Uh, if you are, you need to be over on Spreaker.com, do a search for the conservative curmudgeon show and jump into the chat room and get in here going. Uh, join Ron and Ordy. They're in there now. So let's see if I got this right, Rick. Um, after me, we're going to do red wine. And then you are going to be doing the Rick Robinson show, yes? That is correct. That yes. is correct. It'll be a that is correct. There'll be a short-term be a schedule short change. Dan's needing some time off to get some things rearranged. rearranged. So we're moving the we're long moving format sort of Wednesday for now. Well, there you go, folks. So your nightcap is now a double, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a good thing. Rick's going to take good care of you for, for half the night. And uh, he's going to take good care of all of us for the first hour here behind the scenes, pushing the buttons and cranking the tunes. And before we get to the scripted part of the show, we got a few things that we uh, – Excuse me, need to talk about, and one of them is not my dinner, so I need to stop that. Uh, uh, hey, there's, a, there's a few things going on around the world there that uh, we're going to bring up. The first thing, uh, Air Canada. Air Canada, yeah, I know. You know who? <laughs> but uh, Air Canada has uh, announced that they are going to stop using the terms, or the term, ladies and gentlemen, when addressing their um, customers on the planes in recognition of gender fluidity, which uh, this is going to tie nicely into the second piece, but um, Air Canada has said that they just, uh, they want everyone to feel welcome and they feel that the term ladies and gentlemen excludes some people. I, I don't know who those people are. You either have a penis or you have a vagina. Um, it's pretty clear. I mean, if you don't know, ask a neighbor to look and they'll tell you. But as I said, it ties in nicely to the second piece of what's going on, to where in a recent interview um, done with her mother, Chelsea Clinton replied to a question with an emphatic yes when asked if someone with a beard and a penis can be a woman. Now, they can act like a woman. They can make sandwiches like a woman. But they cannot, I repeat, cannot be a woman. So, uh, apparently, um, uh, Hillary had problems with the question and was talking about what a generational gap there is that she just never was exposed to that growing up. And that could explain why there's so much bias amongst older people uh, in that kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> in that kind of situation. Yes, yeah, so, uh, we have Al in the chat room saying his pronoun is some bitch. Yeah. I don't have any Buford um, keyed up, Al, but I get you loud and clear. 
So anyway, uh, what else is going on out there? We got the Pope. The Vatican has finally taken a stand on the NFL, and they support, (laughs) go figure, the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) The Pope accidentally tweeting support for the Saints (laughs) before their Sunday game. (laughs) Hit the wrong hashtag and uh, dropped them in there. That was pretty funny. Uh, Twitter a buzz with that one. Um, look, here's, here's a great one. Okay. This is, um, this is probably one of the most interesting non, non headline stories we're going to talk about briefly here before we get rolling. Um, Air Japan, you know, we, we talked about Air Canada already, uh, Japan Air, Air Japan, whatever the hell they are called is launching a seat alert to help passengers avoid crying babies on their flight. So if you are booked within two seats of a, of a two-year-old or younger that's also booked into that flight, you will get an alert that will allow you to try to change your seat if possible to get away from the baby. I like this idea. As a matter of fact, I like this idea so much, I think it should be mandatory. For all airlines. And then lastly, uh, of course, this this will be blamed somehow on the current administration in the White House. But a, you guessed it, a Florida man uh, has been charged for possession of a stash of Trump-shaped ecstasy pills. You heard it here second unless you heard it here first. Um, Trump-shaped ecstasy pills. You can't make this shit up. You really can't. So anyway, uh, that's what else is going on around the world. And uh, with that, we'll get started into the um, scripted portion of the program, if you will. Uh, President Trump on Monday afternoon said he is fully prepared to swiftly destroy Turkey's economy if its leaders continue on its dangerous and destructive path. And I am told that as an update to this piece that uh, economic sanctions have indeed been signed already. So um, instead of saying that he will sanction them, he has sanctioned them now. Of course, this is, uh, you know, not enough for a lot of people, but, um, you know, he said that steel tariffs will be increased back to 50%, the level they were uh, reduced from in May, and will stop negotiations in respect to a $100 billion trade deal with Turkey. Uh, Trump noted that the United States has liberated 100% of ISIS's territorial caliphate, and Turkey must not put that in jeopardy. He also said Turkey must prioritize the protection of civilians, especially the vulnerable ethnic and religious minorities in northeast Syria, and return refugees in a safe, voluntary, and dignified manner. The military offense underway is both endangering civilians and endangering peace and security. Uh, And, you know, 
President Trump has, from the very beginning of pulling our troops out, been very clear with the Turkish president uh, that his country is precipitating a humanitarian crisis and setting up conditions for possible war crimes. The president also said that he is withdrawing all remaining U.S. service members from northeast Syria and will redeploy them in the region to monitor the situation and prevent a repeat of 2014. A small portion of the forces will remain at Attaf Garrison in southern Syria to disrupt the remains of ISIS. Uh, and while many in the press and Congress and even at home are shocked by this move, maybe we shouldn't be. You see, here's how it all ties in. On April 13th, 2018, President Trump told the nation he had just ordered the U.S. military to launch precision airstrikes on Syria's chemical weapons facility following Assad's gassing of civilians. In this announcement, President Trump said, and I quote him here, America does not seek an indefinite presence in Syria. Now, he promised that as other nations boosted their contributions, that we look forward to the day when we can bring our warriors home. At the time, the missile strikes drew warnings from some lawmakers, including uh, the uh, pedophile Senator Robert Menendez from New Jersey, uh, the ranking member of the Foreign Relations Committee, and we know what kind of relations Robert Menendez practices, when Assad, uh, while Assad must be held accountable for using chemical weapons, Menendez said at the time, he warned against any sustained action in Syria without congressional approval. And uh, Menendez also said back in his April 13th, 2018 statement, while, we'll, while we are still learning the details about these strikes, the administration has not provided sufficient details about its military plans the president has asserted authority under Article 2 of the Constitution for these strikes, but any sustained military action in Syria would require congressional authorization. I expect the Trump administration to promptly brief Congress on these strikes, their plan for Syria, including countering Russian and Iranian support for the regime, and any future use of military force. Now, likewise, uh, Senator Tim Kaine also a member of the Foreign Relations Committee, expressed concern about the airstrikes in Syria without congressional authorization, uh, also saying that Assad must face consequences for his war crimes, but presidents cannot initiate military action when there isn't an imminent threat to American lives. So, fast forward to last week, October 7th, when Trump announced that he was moving U.S. troops out of northern Syria ahead of a planned invasion by Turkey, a U.S. NATO ally, Trump said he was withdrawing the troops precisely to avoid another war entanglement. The United States was supposed to be in Syria for 30 days. That was many years ago. We stayed and got deeper and deeper into battle with no aim in sight. I held off this uh, Turkey-Kurdish fight for almost three years. 
But it's time for us to get out of these ridiculous, endless wars, Trump said, many of them tribal, and bring our soldiers home. In response, guess who chimed in? That's right, the pedophile, Robert Menendez again, issued a statement blasting Trump for withdrawing U.S. troops and abandoning Kurdish forces in Syria. And this is exactly what I said on Twitter. Trump was damned no matter what he did in this situation. If he had stayed, they would have berated him for leaving our troops there to be caught in this war. If he brings them out, he's damned for abandoning the Kurds. They call his decision thoughtless. I think his thoughts in the perfectly right place. He's he's thinking about saving American troops lives. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the way that it was all done. Okay? I don't. I think that there should have been negotiations on the front end, knowing that this was coming. I think there should have been guarantees made. There should have even been, and let's push it as far as say a treaty should have been signed. Something should have been done to guarantee assurances for the Kurds, for the Turks, and for the rest of Syria. Instead, we get this, uh, let's call it a Keystone Cop activity going on, where we're just rolling everything in reverse, getting our asses out of there as quickly as possible so we don't get shot and killed in the way. Um, Tim Kaine also issued a statement criticizing the withdrawal of American troops from northern Syria, saying that the president has left our allies at risk of being slaughtered and spurred massive additional instability in a conflict that desperately needs resolution. These are the same Democrats that have been screaming not to go, and they talk about abandonment. Again, damned if he did, damned if he didn't. On Sunday, Trump, member, uh, Trump wondered why members of Congress are not authorizing the use of military force if they want U.S. soldiers to defend the Kurds against Turkey's attacks. This is an excellent point. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. Well, actually, I don't have to tell you why, because Rand Paul addressed why, and we'll get to that shortly, uh, why Congress has not authorized the use of the military to defend the Kurds. Um, but Trump was saying, why are they not asking for a declaration of war? Uh, in two other tweets over the weekend, Trump wrote that the endless wars must end. And he campaigned on this, people. This is not something that's surprising. This is something he touted all the way back in 2015. This is not a secret that he wanted to bring troops home. The same people that got us into the Middle East quicksand, $8 trillion, thousands of lives, uh, and, and you know millions when you count all the sides up, are now fighting to keep us there. I mean, really, uh, we've been in Syria for too long. It, and it was supposed to be a short hit on ISIS. Um, and look, you go one step further. Trump has never 
gone forward saying that there needs to be uh, a regime change affected in Syria. That was Obama. Obama's the one that said Assad must go. Obama and Biden are the ones trying to do the nation building and colonizing over there, not Trump. The left loves to throw nation building and colonizing in Republicans' faces while their favorite Messiah president is bombing or droning civilians, uh, you know, who cares, right? It's Obama. He's cool. He wears sunglasses. He lifts five-pound dumbbells. He's cool. But, you know, here's the thing. Trump said, we'll see what happens with respect to a lot of different things. He said he spoke with President Erdogan of Turkey and said you have to treat them good and you have to take care of ISIS. Uh, he said, don't forget we've captured and defeated this group. Uh, 100% of the caliphate. And we want to do, uh, we wanted to do 100% and we did it. And I was going to do this nine months ago and we were not at 100%, but we were close. So he held off. That's what he said. Uh, he said, everybody asked him, can we get to a hundred percent? Now I get to a hundred percent and it's, well, maybe we could stay longer. And Trump said, I asked, when do we get out? There's gotta be a time we get out. We have to bring our people back home again. He campaigned on this. This is not news. Uh, go back three years or more and watch the speeches. We want to bring our soldiers back home. Endless wars. We're not fighting. We're policing to a large extent. We're policing in certain areas. We're not police. These are the greatest fighters in the world, and we're sending them in there handcuffed. Thanks to our last administration. So, you know, we have the... Uh, Shoot, where did my notes go? Okay, at some point we got to bring our people home. Since the since the 2000 or September 11, 2001 uh, terror attacks, all U.S. military action in the Middle East and Afghanistan has been justified by a 2001 and 2002 authorization for use of military force. The 2001 AUFM authorized the president to use all necessary and appropriate force against those nations organizations, or persons he determined planned, authorized, committed, or aided the terrorist attacks that occurred on September 11, 2001, or those that harbored such organizations or persons. The 2002 continuation of this act provides the president with authority to defend the national security of the United States against the continuing threat posed by Iraq. The 2001 and 2002 authorizations to use military force remain a solid basis for an ongoing U.S. military operations against a mutating threat. Now, that's the definition per former Secretary of Defense James Mattis. That's his definition. Okay, so... Sunday, Rand Paul 
goes on NBC's Meet the Press. Why, I don't know, I guess, because you got to take what you can get. Uh, and, and said that Congress should vote on whether to declare war in Syria. He said, but there's a problem. Because he says Congress wouldn't know who to declare war with. Syrian President Assad, Turkey, or the Free Syrian Army. Paul said that President Trump did not say he's committed to making a Kurdish homeland in Syria. And uh, he said the U.S. would wipe out ISIS. The senator said, while it's debatable whether or not ISIS is back, it's been defeated militarily. And whether they come back or not is conjecture at this point. Well, it's a little more than conjecture. Okay, Uh, I'll say this. If ISIS can reform in whatever fashion, they will. And we know this. They've done it before. They're going to do it again. This is what you get with zealots that would rather die than live in peace. So what Rand Paul is saying is that Congress needs to have a debate. He said his oath is to the Constitution. It's not to some promise that somebody thinks we made for a Turkish or a Kurdish homeland. Uh, We should vote, and here's the reason why we won't. Because most of my colleagues don't know who to declare war on, he said. And he said, to tell you the truth, what needs to happen is that we need to exert our leverage and our pressure to bring all sides together. And ultimately, it is probably in the Kurds' best interest to be aligned with Assad, he said. As long as the goal is to get rid of Assad, we're never going to get a peaceful situation. This goes back to Obama demanding a regime change in Syria. Assad is staying. They've they've tried to run him out for too many years. If they were going to get him, they would have got him already. Assad is going nowhere. And if he were aligned with the Kurds, and the Kurds were given some semi-autonomy in their region of the country, it could develop the way it is in Iraq currently. Because over in Iraq, they have a semi-autonomous region in their country. So what if the Kurds under Syrian sovereign entity had a semi-autonomous region where they were basically allowed to function as their own? You could find some peace with that uh, if Syria would guarantee they're not going to have incursions across the border into Turkey, which means everybody needs to be at the table having this discussion. Now, Rand Paul also said that some members of the Arab militias that Turkey is using are from the Free Syrian Army, who has been an ally of the United States for the past seven years which just shows how messy all this stuff really is. So Turkey's an ally. The Free Syrian Army was an ally for seven years, and the Kurds have been allies in Syria. This is a mess. This, I mean, you talk about the definition of strange bedfellows. This is it. 
But a lot of people aren't acknowledging that Turkey was coming in one way or the other. And 50 soldiers would simply be in the way and be a tripwire to a much worse outcome. So does it make sense to move 50 troops out of the way? Yes. Turkey was coming regardless. They didn't care whether our 50 troops were there or not. Our 50 troops couldn't have stopped Turkey. I mean, they're great. They're really great guys. Look, I served. I was, you know, I, I understand the training and the effort that goes in and what these guys can and can't do. I'm telling you now, when you start outnumbering them 20 and 30 to 1, 50 troops means nothing. It means a lot to us because we want them to come home. That's 50 of ours that won't be coming home in flag draped caskets. That's 50 families that are going to get to welcome their service member home. That's possibly, you know, over 100 kids, possibly. I don't know. I don't know how many of them have and don't have kids, but let's just throw a random number out there and let's say it averages to a person. That's 100 kids that are going to get to say hi to mom and dad again, where mom and dad are going to be there for them as they grow up. We we owe our troops that courtesy whenever possible. I understand their bitterness in the way the situation was handled, as I addressed a little earlier. I was not a fan of that either. There, there should have been done differently and smoothly so that everything was in a row, ready to go when it was time to pull the plug and walk away. But it is what it is now. All right, so that's enough of that. Uh, crap, we're at the bottom of the hour. That went quick. Okay, um, we're going to get Rick to push a couple said. buttons. and oh, What, Rick? That's what she <laughs> said. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah. Uh, she must have been with you then. Uh. <laughs> Possibly. I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Rick's going to push a button. We're going to take a break for a couple minutes, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some other stupidity going on around our country. So do yourself a favor and stay tuned. We'll be right back. largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon. So if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive rate shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. 
Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800 Quicken or go to rocketmortgage.com. For JD Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a. Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you? We just know. My wife picks up the new signature wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap, and she takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. I love it. I love it. Such great music. I have the best music. And I know that because I have the best music consultant in the world. Now, I told you we had more stupidity to talk about, and we do. Uh, We really do. But first, just a reminder that coming up at the top of the hour is the red wine. I don't know who's on the couch tonight, um, but I I I can get to you. What? What? I do, I do. Stacy and Lou, oh. and they have their first Cabana Boy. Brad's joining them. Stacy, Lou, and Cabana Boy. Brad. Yep, yep, yep. Wow, wow. There you go. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say there's going to be some liquor involved in this show somewhere along the way. Um, so you're you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Stacy, Lou, and Cabana Boy. Brad. At the top of the hour, followed by a short break and then almost two hours of the Rick Robinson show. Uh, the man's going to keep you entertained. What can I tell you? He's a consummate professional. Uh, um, hang on, hang on. There's no short break. I go live as soon as they're done. Oh, oh there's no the short break. The man is really stepping up here, folks. The cape is full-blown into the wind. So do yourself a favor and stay Something tuned for that. He will be your nightcap for the last two hours 
On Wednesday night, your conservative grassroots grand slam. That's all it is. That's it. We're just simply the best. Everybody else sucks. Anyway, speaking of stupidity, again, the Washington, D.C. Council voted unanimously last Tuesday to forbid the city's Department of Corrections from detaining individuals for U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement only for an immigration law violation. This emergency bill also bans the city from asking about the immigration status of someone in custody. The Department of Corrections is required to refuse to notify ICE of a person's release date and deny ICE access to detention facilities. The Department of Youth Rehabilitation Services and St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Wow. Wow. The city will only detain an individual for ICE if that person is wanted on a criminal Warrant. So apparently, um, yeah. So certain laws and be protected, and then other laws get you in trouble. So now we have Sanctuary City that is violating federal law. Yeah. That's great. If ICE has a judicial warrant or a judicial order, uh, then the Department of Corrections are able to cooperate and be able to detain somebody. Council member Charles Allen of Ward 6, who chairs the D.C. Committee on the Judiciary and Public Safety, was quoted as saying, D.C. is a proud city of immigrant communities, and we want to make sure we're supporting and protecting every single one of our neighbors, he said. That's called aiding and abetting council member. Or maybe we should just drop the council. Yes, the federal city is violating federal law. Chat has it tonight. There you go, MD. You nailed it. So he said the city would not be complicit with the Trump administration on the issue of immigration. So you're basically flaunting the constitutional authority of the president because you don't like him. That's what it boils down to. That's exactly what it boils down to. Um, Wait until some of these immigrants get released and start killing people in D.C. Let's see how the residents feel then. I mean, it's just, it's going to, it's going to happen. I mean, it, it happened in New York. It's going to happen here, too. It's going to happen out west. You're going to I mean, it's already happening out west. Come on, who are we kidding? Anyway. But like I said, just crazy stupid. But now what we're going to do is we're going to take a jump across the big pond 
and we're going to go into Europe, and we're going to see what's happening that's right in the world. So Poland's governing right-wing populist party won a weekend election. Full official results showed on Monday retaining a parliamentary majority that could allow it to pursue a judicial reform agenda that has put it at loggerheads with the European Union. And this is hilarious. The triumph by the Law and Justice Party followed a campaign focused on a raft of new welfare measures coupled with attacks on LGBT rights and Western values. Terming the victory a huge success, party leader Jarosław Kaczynski, widely regarded as Poland's ultimate power broker, said his party had obtained a mandate to continue our good change, to continue to change Poland. Since the party took office in 2015, uh, it has in many ways upended Polish politics by limiting liberal democracy through a string of controversial court reforms that have stoked tension with the EU, as well as through uh, monopolization of public media, among other measures. Uh, okay, I mean, state-run media is state-run media. How come no one gets upset when other countries do it? It's only when a conservative-minded country does it that people have a problem. Uh, Kaczynski is focused on crafting a central European brand of illiberal democracy, similar to that forged by Viktor Orban in Hungary, and we've talked about Orban and what they're doing over in Hungary as well. Now, what you have to understand is that Hungary and Poland are two countries that have refused Muslim immigration. They have snubbed their nose at the EU and told them to rot in hell that they're not taking the Muslim immigrants from the Middle East. Now, what they've seen is they've seen their crime rates remain extraordinarily low. The people are happy. Their culture is safe. The people practicing the culture are safe. What we're seeing in countries like Sweden is a 400% increase in rape, 93% of which has been attributed to Muslims. Muslim immigrants that have come into the country and just barbarically rape Swedish women. Not that there's a polite way to rape a woman, but you get my picture. Now, the Conservative Party in Poland scored a 43.5% of the popular vote for 235 seats. Uh, up to now, it controlled 239 of the 460 seats in the lower house of parliament. Now, the opposition party scored 27.4% uh, for 134 seats. It draws support mainly from urban voters upset by the conservatives' divisive politics, controversial judicial reforms, and other uh, perceived scandals, shall we say. Uh, what did we say that was? It Was it law and justice? Yeah, law and justice uh, lost control of the Senate or the upper house 
taking 48 of the 100 seats, something analysts say would provide a check on the party's legislative drives. Uh, the Law and, uh, Law and Justice Party is expected to continue welfare spending, including a popular new child allowance, along with pension hikes. Uh, and again, this is conservative European, not conservative American. You have to understand the difference. Uh, pension hikes as it eyes the May 2020 presidential election, according to Warsaw University. Uh, they will leave the most controversial reforms, judicial media or judicial and media for after the presidential election, he said, referring to court reforms that risk undermining judicial independence and rule of law, something likely to further antagonize Brussels. So they they have this party, the Law and Justice Party, uh, has close ties with the church and uh, they're they're not big on the LGBT community. Um, I don't know of any human rights violations, and I will look further into it. But from what I understand, uh, it's just that they condemn the lifestyle and they don't go hunt it out or seek those that practice it to punish. Uh, it's just something they don't approve of. And that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You don't have to approve of it. That's their life to live. Okay? Just treat them like decent human beings and go about your business. You don't have to know whether they're gay, lesbian, or whatever. Okay? So, Confederation, uh, a new far-right, quote-unquote, libertarian coalition known for its anti-EU views, also made it over the 5% threshold to enter Parliament uh, to grab 11 seats. Uh, now, the, the Farmers' Party uh, took 27 seats. See, a Farmers' Party. How about that? How about that? Hey, I, I see Crow and Varric in the chat room. Um, hey, while, while we got chat lives going... Um, take a short break here. Um, I was going to save this for, I think it's next week. Is it next week that we're doing? No. Two weeks. Okay, I'll save it then. If it's two weeks, I'll save it. Go on, guys. Carry on. Um, <clears throat> so, in office since 2015, Kaczynski's party has focused on poor rural voters, uh, coupling family values with the introduction of welfare state spending tax breaks for low-income earners, and hikes to pensions and the minimum wage. Kaczynski has tapped into a populist backlash against liberal elites similar to trends in Western Europe and the United States. Now, again, this is European conservatism, not U.S. conservatism. His party's bid to build a welfare state appeals to polls who felt left behind amid the explosive growth and unfettered free market drive after communism fell in 1989. So that's what's going on overseas. Uh, in Europe, you see that they're, they're having their own modeled stories coming. We don't want to say mirroring because it's not mirroring, um, but what they view as conservative politics, if they're increasing welfare spending and increasing 
pensions like that, I'd, I'd love to see the other side, what the hell they bring to the table. So, uh, let's see, let's see, what do we got? Um, we're gonna, we, we got about 12 minutes left. Um, let's have some fun for the last 10 or 12 minutes here. Um, Heath Bumpus, and some of you might be scratching your head going, I know that last name. Yeah, the Bumpus name from uh, A Christmas Story, right? Bumpus had all the dogs that ran through the house and trashed the, the turkey dinner. Yeah, those Bumpuses. Anyway, he's not one of them, the well that I know of anyway. Heath Bumpus robbed the Citizen State Bank in Grovetown, Texas on Friday morning. Trinity County Sheriff Woody Wallace put it out on Facebook Live. The 36-year-old threatened a bank cashier and said he had a gun before he demanded cash. He told the employee that he was getting married and needed the money to pay for the wedding the next day. Uh, He then left with the stolen cash and drove down dirt and forest service roads where he received a call from his fiancée, whom he was due to marry the next day. His fiancée said she saw surveillance video uh, of her husband-to-be robbing the bank that police had posted on Facebook. He denied it. She said, do you think I don't know what you look like? He denied it. She eventually managed to persuade him to turn himself in, and he confessed to authorities in Houston soon after. Now, I do not know if she still plans to marry him in, you know, in prison, because he's definitely going. I don't know what bank robbery, uh, I don't know what the minimum in in Texas is. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty severe. Uh, I'd like to say that he'll be doing at least 15 to 20 years. Uh, whether she'll still have anything to do with him. We don't know yet. Uh, we'll, we'll try to find out because there may or may not be a happy ending to this story one day. But come on, guys, really? And this is like the, the come on man segment on ESPN. Um, dude, you wait till the day before the wedding to try to score the money to pay for the ring in the venue? Come on, man. That's crazy. And then you're going to deny it when your face is all up in the video? Fiance looking at it saying, uh, I know that's you. No, baby, no, that's not me. Yeah, that's you. No, baby, that's not me. That's you. You better turn yourself in. I'm not going to marry you if you don't. Okay. (laughs) Uh, 15 to firing squad? Possibly, Ron, possibly. Uh, Yeah, he is going to prison. There's no doubt. (laughs) There is no doubt he's going to prison. Uh, You guys, (laughs) it was a great story. I mean, really, uh, you you have to just read it to to get the full gist of it. It's just incredible. Now, this next story um, I'm going to tell you about. It's uh, let me go ahead and do the uh, harsh language and adult themes type warning thing right here. If you're sensitive to that kind of thing, you might want to turn your radio down for a couple minutes while we do this story. Um, 
Mourners who attended the funeral of a man in Ireland were left in shock because when they started lowering his casket into the ground, they heard his voice one last time. What they heard was, let me out. It's fucking dark in here. (laughs) The man knew he was dying and for over a year had planned this gag on his way out. Uh, The pre-recorded message continued. Where the fuck am I? Is that a priest I hear? This is Shay. I'm in the box. And then after all that, he started singing. Hello again. Hello. Hello. I just called to say goodbye. This has to be one of the best gags. Uh, This 62-year-old man uh, was an Irish Defense Force veteran, uh, had his family and friends in fits of giggles rather than tears. The picture that was posted with the article shows them just howling, laughing, standing graveside. Uh, the man's daughter, Andrea, uh, said he had been sick for three months before he died, but had planned this prank for over a year before he died. Uh, it was almost like he knew it was coming. It just, it, it gives you a kind of hope that you just can't really find at a funeral ever. Um, but this guy wanted to go out on a happy note. He wanted people to remember the kind of man that he was, which they said he was always laughing, joking, and singing in real life. I can't think of a more fitting way for somebody to go out than to pull this prank and to pull it off successfully. Now, if you had to turn your radio down for that, I'm sorry, but That's just how it goes. We have one more story tonight before we sign it out, and it's a very happy story, and I love ending things on a good note. Um, When a helicopter rushed an unconscious Czech woman who had suffered a severe stroke to the hospital in April, her chances of survival were slim. Even more so were the chances of the fetus that she had been carrying for the last 15 weeks. And yet on August 15th, against all odds, a healthy baby girl was born by cesarean section, weighing four pounds, seven ounces and measuring 16 and a half inches long. Um, Her mother who had been brain dead since the day of the stroke had health problems, knew she was suspect to stroke, and had previously told the family that if anything happened to her, they were to do anything possible to save the baby. This mother was kept alive for 117 days. The baby was kept alive during this. The process was fraught with all kinds of potential complications but this is believed to be a record for the longest artificially sustained pregnancy in a brain-dead mother. The mother, whose identity was not revealed, had been declared brain-dead shortly after reaching the hospital, upon which the doctors immediately began the struggle to save her child. They put the mother, a 27-year-old woman, on artificial life support to keep the pregnancy going at behest of the family. 
even regularly moving her legs in a walking motion to help with the child's growth. After the delivery in the 34th week of gestation, with the husband and all other family members present, medical staff disconnected the mother's life support and allowed her to die. It's been an extraordinary case when the whole family stood together, the doctor said. Without their support, this could have never happened. And he could not be prouder that it finished this way, he told uh, reporters and um, family members that were there for the press conference. It it truly was an amazing feat. I mean, you're talking about 117 days of artificial life support, of doing everything they had to do to make this baby think that its mother was alive and that it would keep growing and developing and could be viably delivered because that was the mother's wish. I can't even imagine a more selfless wish. And the torture that this family went through watching 117 days of this. But think of the joy they got out of it in the end. Well, folks, that's it for tonight. Red wine's coming up soon. You know, short break in between. You know how it goes. Uh, Get your drinks refilled. Get your seats back in order and get your butts in place. And get ready for Stacy, Lou, and Cabana Boy Brad. That's my show, folks. If you like it, tell your friends. If your friends like it, you need new ones. But they and you are welcome right here with me every week on KLRN Radio for the Conservative Curmudgeon Radio Show. I'm your host, The Grouch. Peace. I You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.